0: Hello? Stryker. Who's this? Hello?
1: Hello, darling. It's Steven, and uh, I'm on my way. I'll be up there shortly.
0: Okay, good. I'm waiting uh, for you. I have a gray sweater on and Converse shoes, so you'll know it's me standing on the patio.
1: It's it's a rainy day in L.A., and I have uh, Converse as well and wet feet.
0: Um, (laughs) I'll see you you soon. (laughs) See you soon. Bye, Steven. Be careful. (laughs) Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. Wow. <laughs> I love sandwiches. It's called Tuna on Toast. I, 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 I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on Toast. Yes. Tuna on Toast. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast, as we are getting very close to wrapping up the year 2021. Of course, Tuna on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota. Out there in Mission Hills, in Southern California, they really are the backbone to this operation getting going. They said to me way back uh, in September, Stryker, we know you left K-Rock. Whatever your next project is, we want to be involved. I cannot thank them enough. They treat you like a rock star. They're incredibly loyal. Think about this. They're a big company. And they said, yes, we'd like to support this independent artist, this, this podcast. And that's why you should support the people, the companies, that support me, Hamer Toyota, H-A-M-E-R, HamerToyota.com. All right, Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind. The first eight minutes that he was at my house, if for those of you that don't know or are new to the podcast, just about every episode is done at home. The band or the artist, they come over, they park on the street, they knock on the front door, and you can watch these episodes on YouTube. We film all the interactions when they walk into the house, but it was different with Stephen Jenkins. And of all, I don't really know Stephen Jenkins. We've crossed paths a couple times. We had a plumbing issue at the house under the sink the day before Stephen was supposed to be there. I mean, there was water everywhere under the sink. It was on the ground a company came over. I'm not going to put them on blast, but it's a company that everybody has heard of. You need a new washing machine or you need a new dishwasher. So we got the dishwasher. Then the guy says, I can't put the dishwasher in. Meanwhile, he already took the other dishwasher away. And then when he left, everything was flooded. So I reached out to some friends of mine. They said, we got a really good plumber for you. So I talked to this plumber and he said, he's going, all right, I'll be there at 7am. I said, sir, Normally I wouldn't care what time you come over, but I am filming something in the house at roughly 10 a.m. Do you think you can be done by 10? No problem. I'll be there at 7 a.m. Easily out of there at 10 in the morning. So I am ready, showered for the podcast at seven o'clock in the morning, ready to greet the plumber. Seven in the morning, eight in the morning, nine in the morning. Where are you, plumber? Steven Jenks is coming over at 10 o'clock. At 9.57, there's the knock on the door. It's the plumber. So then the plumber starts working, and he there's like a, I don't know, he's not using a chainsaw, but it's some very loud drill. it is so loud in the house. He's 10 minutes into the job. Then Stephen Jenkins. Stephen walks in right in the middle of water everywhere, loud noise. And I'm like, Steven, you don't understand. This is it's not normally like this. I'm a professional. And um, he was, Steven was very funny when he walked in, when he saw what was going on. <laughs> He's like, is that your roommate who's picked up a new hobby? No, that's not. This plumber guy is not my roommate. And during the interview, which we do in my second bedroom, it's only like 10 feet from the kitchen. I think you can hear some racket a few times. Um, but overall, this is a very in-depth chat with steven jenkins it's about the past the present they have a new album out called our band apart third eye blind does and it's a really really good album i've listened to it like five times through now there's also a documentary about the making of that album which you can find on youtube So let's get into it. And again, thank you so much for supporting this podcast, Tuna on Toast, and supporting me. I'm so easy to find on Instagram and Twitter, Ted Stryker, Tuna on Toast. And you can watch every single episode on my YouTube channel. Without any further ado, let's welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio. This is Stephen Jenkins. Test, hello, hello. Things I learned from hanging out with
1: Stephen Jenkins. Number one. He's an animal. <laughs> no coaster. <laughs> and he made fun of my roommate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I try to be super professional in every way. This is once in a, mi- in a million that there was extra noise in this place. So just so you know, this was because my marriage depended on getting that thing fixed.
1: Before we do anything. Yes. I wanted to get to uh, your um, top songs of 2021. It's the best thing on Spotify.
0: Okay, well, give me a. I, was I need go to go through about mine that. and oh. you know that kind of thing. Holy crap!
1: But here I am taking over. <laughs> You're like,
0: hey, this is my fucking no, it's podcast.
1: Not. I make oh, up the shit here. You're gonna have a Red Bull.
0: I'm gonna have some sips of it. Are yeah, they
1: sponsoring you. They have no, to be.
0: Not not yet. They have to be sponsoring. You they for should you be for you to be drinking that shit. I know. It's taurine.
1: Is that I only bad? have that at Burning Man. Yeah, that's the only time I ever drink Red Bull, and it's. I don't get it. I know a lot of pro surfers, and they all are. Basically, Red Bull sponsors right. all surfers. Yeah.
0: All X-Game style sports. And some of big... them
1: actually drink it. I don't get it.
0: I like it. It gives me a nice kick. Okay, top songs of 2021. Mm. Um, I need to give. I need to grab my phone and look. I need to refresh my memory because now it's hard to just come up with a list. Adrian Lenker, anything.
1: Go ahead. Um, and Adrian Lenker, to reverse. You lay me down to reverse. She's she's part of that whole, LA like neo folk scene. Oh, really? Which is all you know. So much of that got it, like Laura Nero and um, you know Joni Mitchell. Yeah, that's all up here in the canyon. Right, Laurel Canyon area. Yeah, it's all yeah. Laurel Canyon. Okay, I uh, love that supermarket on Laurel Canyon. Great sandwiches. Okay, um, loving me featuring Phoebe Bridgers.
0: Yes, which I like Phoebe together. Bridgers.
1: And then uh, Saintless TV priest. I think that plays in my sauna. That's why that one goes on. I'm sorry, it plays in your sauna. Dave, titanium. Uh, That's that whole, that's that whole like South London um, drill beat. Okay. 22 with the 2.2, just got back from a long hiatus. I love
0: stuff like that, and I haven't heard it.
1: I really don't, like, I'm kind of over trap. Um, I listen to all kinds of different music. I've always
0: been inspired by hip hop music, and it's just, it's left me kind of dry for a while because it's just, I loved hip-hop. I was an aficionado of hip-hop in the 90s. Like, from the Bay Area, rapping Forte. Too short. I don't give a fuck
1: how you can rhyme Gucci with something. I don't care about your Prada. Fuck your Prada.
0: Stanley Tucci loves Gucci. There you go.
1: I mean, (laughs) cut above. Yeah. But, like, that whole, like... And then there's the whole, like, cough syrup rap where... There's a a whole thing in music where, like, I think, you know, 2021... Um a real positive thing about it was like I think we said goodbye to that. Like, you know, like singing in cursive, there was this whole thing where um, you know, pop singers would go, You know what you do, 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 so, do. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the boys would kind of just throw it all together. Whereas like drill beats, it's all it's all like, I want you to know what I'm saying.
0: Right. Right
1: I want you to hear it. Yeah. And that as a obsessive lyricist
0: appeals to me. That is awesome. Who else do you have on the list? Sean, when you're ready, tell me so can I can get, do our uh, intro. I'll do one clap, and then if you don't mind, Stephen. Oh, I Steven, thought we were just, going. Well, we're this is audio's going. Now uh, we're going to start the video. All right. You ready, Sean? Yeah. We're good. Okay, here we go. You ready, Stephen? Go ahead. Ready. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one.
1: Good to see you again, and, and uh, nice to be here in your studio.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming over. It was, um, you know, you were on time, and when people are on their way, I always peek my head out the front door. Because I just want to make sure that they know, hey, it's right here. Yeah, and you you Ubered here, you didn't drive, right? I did not drive.
1: I Ubered. Yeah, man. Yeah, because I'm I, I live in San Francisco, but I'm staying basically down the street. I shouldn't say that. Maybe. That's all right. But anyway,
0: um, <laughs> wait, pull the mic a little closer if you don't mind.
1: Um, I'm staying down the street, and uh, uh, so yeah, I
0: I probably could have walked, but it's raining here in LA, and Which what I love, yes. But what I really appreciated about you, Stephen Jenkins, Mm. when you walked in, you did your feet like on the towel that I laid out so we wouldn't get footprints all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
1: I I just, I think good manners are underrated. You know, it's important. It's important. Manners. So I have, I have some, uh, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and. And uh, I have eleven godchildren, and uh, some of them—it's—it's it's just manners are are the uh, the interface system for human interaction. If you don't have them, then you it just doesn't compute. Right, right. A million percent, I agree code with is, that. The code goes wrong. So yeah, wipe your feet.
0: Wipe your feet. That's Already, the moral you know, you know, of the story. Line, wipe
1: your feet. Steven, I am here. That's the song.
0: You're a Bay Area guy. I am, but you're living down the street from me. Yeah, living. Yeah. When are you going back? Do you still have a place there? Is L.A. your new home? I was watching your documentary, and there was it was only two seconds in the documentary, but you mentioned you like L.A. now. I love L.A.
1: now, and I never used to. I lived here for three years in the late '90s and uh, early aughts, and um, I early two thousands. And I just always felt on edge. I always felt like I, I just couldn't deal with the, there's a, there's, there's something about Los Angeles that is kind of, um, I don't know the businessy part of it that like everyone, um, kind of gaming for something, uh, made me insecure. And now that's either changed or I don't care. And I don't really know. And I don't really, I don't think it matters the difference, but there's, but I feel an energy here in in LA that I really enjoy. And this morning in the rain, I went up and, you know, trudged up Runyon Canyon and and uh, it just I feel motivated by it in a way that I haven't in the past. So yeah, wow. I love LA. <laughs> and um, if you're thinking of moving to Austin, go ahead. right? It's better for everybody. <laughs> it's good for yeah. Austin. It's good for LA. Yeah.
0: The new album, mm. which I've listened to many times, Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can sing the songs. The uh, the opening track, I absolutely love. Goodbye to the days of ladies and gentlemen. Uh What a way to start an album. Was that all made in Los Angeles, this album? It was? It was. It
1: was all made at Lucy's
0: Meat Market. Um, Is that in Silver Lake or no?
1: It's near Silver Lake. So, yeah, it's all on that side of town. It's uh, in Highland Park. Oh, right. uh, Eagle Rock. Uh, Yeah, Eagle Rock, of course. Yeah. Yeah. you have an eagle here.
0: Seen better days. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a vulture.
0: We had um, too many shots of vodka, so we just let it, just stay here for a little bit. It's a vulture with dreams <laughs> of
1: eagledom. Um, yeah, I uh, was in Eagle Rock, and uh, the the band all moved down here, and so I'm the only one who still lives in San Francisco. And I was actually fine that the album was recorded, our band apart was recorded in the kind of the last days of the lockdown, just right as vaccines were, were coming into play. So we were actually, if you look at the, the documentary, um, called, uh, what's it called? It's called, uh, how we hold each other right now, which is a line from a song on the new album. Of yeah. course. Song, the song dust storm. Yeah. Um, dust storm. We were actually still rehearsing in masks at that oh, point. We were actually right. sitting in a room together and everybody right. was wearing a mask. Yes. Um, and then as the, as the, uh, as it goes forward, I guess there's. We made the album in about a month. Um, is that
0: a short time for you, or is that a long time for you to make an for album? Me, that's a
1: very short time. Um, I I wrote the album mostly in up at my house in Bolinas, uh, my beach house. Don't you know, darling? <laughs> <laughs> you spoiled <laughs> motherfucker. Um, and uh, and so I I just sort of worked up these songs, and then I came down and. Um, Several also I I co-wrote with uh, my keyboard player Colin And then kind of workshopped them with the band For maybe a week or ten days And just sitting in a room, uh, acoustic guitars Keeping it all very simple Really not trying to explore sounds And then um, actually in the last two days of that My guitar player Chris started playing the riff for Dust Storm And I was like, what is that? Because he forgets everything immediately He's like a fish discovering, you know, a sunken castle. He he had this great riff, and I was like, just keep playing it. And three days later, we recorded it, and that's Dust Storm. Wow! So, it all kind of came together fairly quickly, and came together in in L.A. and and in that in that process, I was just sort of catching some kind of vibe of L.A. and like the song Silver Lake
0: Neophyte. The video um, just dropped for that. Yeah, I love the song Silver Lake Neophyte as well. Which I mean, with it doesn't take a genius. Well, maybe it does. The first thirty seconds, it sounds like you're maybe questioning how you got to this place, your success. Are you the real deal? Yeah. Like, is that kind of the theme of that track? Yeah, I think it
1: is. And but it's not only questioning myself. It's also so it's it's kind of questioning the whole scene. I think my songs tend to not be about a thing, and um, I can't say this song is about doesn't really work that way um that one i was sitting in my little zendo studio this is me playing an acoustic guitar this is the <laughs> international me song um and i had been listening to a lot of this neo-folk stuff um adrian lenker um phoebe bridgers um and i was i was like wow just you're really bringing your whole self to this um people whose names I'm sort of leaving out, but I've been listening to a lot of this and it was kind of an LA focused thing. And I thought there's just this, there's this wholeness and this authenticity to, to what I'm hearing here. And am I, am I bringing my whole self and am I, am I like, or am I kind of, or am I like, or am I gussing it up to tell us to, to make a story, you know? Okay. And then at the same time I was like, so, so I'm catching that, that, energy that Gen Z energy. But I was like, there's also this kind of like, you know, there's also something kind of, um, are you getting off on it? Are you, are you being, is this like, I'm, I'm so radically, you know, I'm so radically honest that I'm sort of, uh, there's a kind of, um, what am I thinking? Like self, um, self-awareness. It's that, um, no, it's not when you're being avoid what's up when you're being um um what's the word for I mean more know, when clues. You, when you get off on exposing yourself, being an exhibitionist. Okay, right. There's, exhibitionist, yeah. yes, yes, There's yes. Is or is there something sort of exhibitionist about this where the energy is coming from that, right? So I'm like I'm moved by this, I'm 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 um, I'm questioning myself on this, but I'm also questioning it. Um and the and in the end I think the resolve and the song. The, the value of this song is it doesn't really matter hmm. because we we are all we don't discover ourselves. We invent ourselves. We are these. We are these.
0: How do we invent ourselves? By uh, being inspired and enthused by what we are seeing around us on the internet and real life, and so we want to match up to those other things.
1: Sure, of course, and then also by our practices and by the
0: amount that we.
1: Uh, reach or don't reach our aspirations, um, all of those things. Mm. But when you decide that you like keds and you want to paint your hair green and you, you know, and you're over ska and you only want to listen <laughs> to, you know, punk, that is not a discovery. That is a that is a moving forward. That's an exploration, right? In into um, invention, and so go ahead and try it on. That's what I'm saying. It's like we don't need to have this kind of judgment for ourselves. The, the real thing is, is like, in the end, are you coming up with something that is whole to you? And that's really the whole point of my whole, that whole album is I really don't care if it gets played on the radio. I don't care what kind of metrics. I certainly don't care if it gets a fucking Grammy. Is I, it an
0: imperfect record, meaning that you didn't tinker with it for months and months and months and wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, I got to change this 2.2 seconds in this one song. You did it you guys got together they're yeah. very honest lyrics yeah. and then you're like eff it it's done here you go yes that's cool man yes that's Good kind job. of that's
1: kind of how that went and you know i went through that with my my manager missy um, uh, because i had had a whole other album ready to go before this what and you it, did yeah so we we had a we had a sold out tour when the when the before the pandemic really hit right the pandemic the first the, the the ground zero for the pandemic was seattle and yes seattle went into lockdown um on the 11th of 12th of march our show was on the 11th of march and we canceled our show and we just didn't know. I think it, we almost forget how scared and confused we were at that time. Right.
0: And the NBA, maybe it was that exact date had canceled a game or two in the, and one was in, at halftime of a game. They're like, Oh, we're done. We're clearing out the arena. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. So it, and we were going to workshop that album on the tour, uh, at soundcheck. So go in and soundcheck and we just play new songs and, that was the plan and the tour canceled. And then all of those songs to me didn't emotionally resonate at the time. I was like, I like this, these songs just don't apply right now to how I feel. So why force it? And, and then I didn't do anything for a minute. Um, I'm, I made cocktails on Instagram, I think for a while. And then, and then I kind of forced myself to sit down and play. And, um, and that's how that album came together. So it was very much an album, um, kind of in the lockdown and
0: dealing with uh, whatever emotional landscapes were coming up at that time. From roughly 2003 to 2019, there was maybe three or four albums that you put out. And that's for some bands, that is not a lot of music to put out. But then all of a sudden you go from like 2018, 19, it's like, okay, here's two or three albums. Plus you made one that you didn't put out. What is the difference between the last three years to the previous However many years that is, 10 to 15 range. Um, It's a rediscovery of my rock and roll mindset.
1: Okay, what does that mean? That means, fuck your opinion, this is what I'm putting out, and I'm no longer going to allow myself to be subject to judgment,
0: including the judgment of myself. How did you get to that point? Is that therapy? Is that g- getting a little bit older, maturing? What is that? Well, I don't know because it's certainly
1: something that that I possessed, and then I think that um, I think probably after out of the vein, um, I had been going for so long, and um, our record company uh, disappeared. Electra, uh, Electra, yeah, just went away um, right when we put that album out. That was two thousand three, roughly, something like that. Yeah, and and I I had gone through like a like a a really like big breakup, and I was sure. just I think I was just in some like dazed reassessment, and I wouldn't produce some other people's albums, right? And there was just this kind of like restarting, but there was also it's quite a thing to put yourself out to the the critique of others, you know, um, especially if you're a person who is uh, vulnerable and and um, has a sense of, of permeability and empathy, which I think artists have to have, that can be that can be a lot to deal with. So I don't know. It just kind of things just kind of close down for a minute, and then I think I did kind of like re in some much better, much more whole way I re-knit myself together um, and figured out that my job was to make something that is whole and true to me and it's not my job to judge it and really, really to stop being in some kind of exchange with... um, how it's perceived
0: you see everything you just said makes a zillion percent sense and i'm glad that you've come to a place where mentally that you can do all that But in my bubble, which is a thousand times smaller than yours, like I have been attempting to do that for a long time, but it's so much easier said than done to just do the art, do the performance, whatever it is, put it out there. And it's like, look, I prepared, I did my best. If uh, you random humans are going to scream at me that I look silly on camera and I questioned, okay, that's, I get, that's what it is, but I'm going to keep going with it. It's hard. There was a, there was a thing that happened to
1: me. Um, I went to see a doctor and it one of these like kind of like optimizing your health, testing all of your blood levels, um, your, you know, uh, micronutrient levels, et cetera. And she said, you have a signature um, in your blood that is um, uh, of your liver um, that is characteristic of early childhood trauma. And I want you to see an osteopath. And I didn't know what an osteopath was. And I'm very adverse to kind of like pointy tin hat shit. It's just, I, I don't, uh, I just kind of went dog-eared on that. What's an osteopath and why would that? Okay, I'll go see an osteopath. But I don't want you to tell the osteopath what's going on. So and I so for
0: want- everybody, an osteopath in one clear sentence is yeah. what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it someone that studies no, I'm not even going to guess what it is, because then that's going to be terrible. I still don't totally understand <laughs> what it is. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the doctor says, you
1: have, based on what I'm seeing got a in your team blood... Of, there's 11 people over there, all sitting at com-
0: computers. Um, just have one of them look it up. Can one of you guys look it up? What are you talking about? Or my <laughs> house, there's No one I'm here except Sean up. say right there. Um, so they say, there is, based on what I'm seeing in your blood... It it seems like you maybe went through something, some sort of trauma as a child. Go see an osteopath. Yes. You say, okay, don't tell them what I told you. Then what happens? So I go see this guy,
1: (laughs) and his name is Seth Lynn. Okay. And Seth Lynn is in Marin, and he's not touchy feely at all. He's just kind of a dude. And I lay down on the table, and he's like, he's just kind of doing these like kind of movement alignment of, of bones. And I said, you know, I really, I, I just not into chiropractory. I broke my neck surfing and I broke my back. I'm like, I don't want anybody touching my neck. And he goes, yeah, no, that's scary. And then he goes, ooh, liver's all fucked up. I was like, well, that's interesting. And uh, and then he started talking and he said, did you have, do you have a, exactly, right? So he's like, did you have a little, he goes, do you have a brother? He's like, a you're older than you. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, are you Googling? I don't know how right, Yeah. And he continues talking and he's just kind of talking away and he's talking away. And, uh, and, uh, he said, yeah, there's just like there's this little boy, this little six year old boy. And, uh, um, yeah. And then you just kind of walked away from yourself. And, uh, so basically what happened was he took me back to some childhood self through time travel where it, i guess it was hypnotism um reached in with like there was a backcracking involved in somewhere in there. Um and re knit me in some profound way. And um it 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 just completely changed my existence. And the thing is
0: how many there's years a line
1: in a Phoebe Bridges song okay. yeah. that says, uh and this it was one of my favorite songs of last year. Um it's a song um Someday I'm gonna live In a house up on the hill You know that song When your skinhead neighbor goes missing I know the song I know, I know of garden. her Well, it's a beautiful song yeah. Um, Garden song Okay And she says The doctor put her hand up on my liver And said your resentment's um, getting smaller and I'm like, shit I could have written that <laughs> lyric <laughs> That happened to me
0: You know and so, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm not trying to be, I get but too it was, personal. It, it like did a put
1: bit. it into, it, it did like at some point, because you're asking, like, how did you restart? Yes. Into, yes. How did you, how did, so it all comes back to this. Um, basically, um, I energetically fixed my liver and knit myself back together with my six year old self. And I got um, coupled with the idea with a kind of stoic, it's like some combination of a Stoic or Buddhist concept that comparison is the enemy of joy.
0: A million, yes, uh, I definitely agree, and I love that line. Yes, when you start comparing yourself, it's going to to other people and what they're doing, all your joy sucked out immediately. Right. Yep. So, as if you look at, if you look at, you know, how is this,
1: you know, whatever it is. You know, their sneakers or or somebody else's house or...
0: Their amount of streams on their new song. Right, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> or like, you know, or, um,
1: um, you know, how many stars did they get on whatever? It, it doesn't matter what it is. As soon as you do this, as soon as you move into this, into that mindset, it's never going to work out. Right. I have friends who are billionaires who feel poor. Hmm.
0: Because they're looking at their billionaire problem. friends. Is that why some shit.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But it never stops. And I have a friend who is a house painter. He's like the last house painter who lives in San Francisco. And that guy is rich. He's rich. He's got yeah. two he's got two healthy little boys. He goes out and catches his own salmon and he can surf like a bastard at Ocean Beach. And he is just like it's just that guy is rich. Oh. And he is not in the business of comparison
0: unless it's, you know, to it's hard to not to compare. It is freaking hard not to compare. It's a real achievement. It and and um, also I think a big success, sorry to interrupt, is mm. once you create what you're creating, just putting it out there for the world to look at it and judge it, that's should be success as well. You mentioned, um, um,
1: how we hold each other right now. I, I want more people to see it. Um, it hasn't gotten very many streams.
0: That's the documentary. If you go to YouTube, go to YouTube. There's four parts to it. It is, it's not like five hours long or anything. It moves really fast. It's shot really well, and it takes takes you inside to the making of the new album. Mm. And it's really, it's not only well shot, it's well done, and it's informative.
1: Thank you. I'm I'm like I'm really proud of it. And and the way that that came together is that, um, Chris, who it edited, edited it um and he also filmed it set up cameras and then we just forgot about them so you know when you have a camera on like we have a camera on right now yeah. so so there is a level at which your representative um is standing in front of you um, but when you're working with people who you know and love like like our bandmates um eventually you forget that um if the, the cameras just sitting there in a corner and you forget that it's on so you get down to a more the real you and you're also able to catch the moments where we were actually playing the songs so that documentary is when we're playing that's what's on the record
0: and it's how we're interacting genuinely in that moment i like also one of you would play a note and someone would say, oh, I'm not really feeling it right there." Or you came in too early singing, or you didn't start singing. And I'm supposed to come in right here. Yeah, there's a that hint of tension mm. is also really nice to see because I think you, not you, one needs that at times to get to the place you want to
1: creatively. Absolutely, the first three police records are just brilliant, and they. We're at each other's
0: throats. Oh, is that right I didn't <laughs> Oh yeah. Know that. And the first you know,
1: Roxanne, which is like like just one of the greatest songs ever written yeah. is in this shitty little sixteen track studio and they really don't like each other. They also love each other. But like it's not fun. Blondie parallel lines. Yeah. They want they wanted like blood. There was actually like there were there were ass whoopings ready to happen. Um And Parallel Lines, one of the greatest records ever. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Oh, yeah. stories
0: of that, right? It's not fun. But if you look in 2021, they're still kind of uh,
1: bickering. Oh, I worked with um, Stevie Nicks and with um, uh, Lindsey Buckingham. I I got to produce both of them um, independently. And the first time I met them, I was producing uh, Vanessa Carlton at like right. a hit factory or something like that.
0: You did worked on her
1: second album, right? I worked, uh, I uh, produced her second and third album. Nice. Um, and um, they were down the hall and I just kind of walked in <laughs> and said, can we borrow you for a second? Could you, would you come play on this? And this is to Lindsay, right? And so Lindsay comes down there and Stevie was like, well, it's not going to go out there without me. No. <laughs> yeah, so she walks in. Right, and to me, like this is just—I've gotten to play with a lot of people. I think Stevie Nicks is the greatest musician, probably I've ever played with. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what is it about her? I'm including Stan Getz. I'm including some like pretty, you know, Keith Richards. Like I'm including because she's just weird. Like everything that's weird about about um, Fleetwood Mac, all those, all those like funky harmonies and stuff. That's her kind of underrated she's dope anyway so see they're they're great but they were actually just carrying out you know I'm because I learned to play drums as a little kid playing uh to Fleetwood Mac so um like I can do that I can I can do that like I have that rhythm ingrained um from um McFleetwood like So I really knew their stuff and kind of knew the story of like how they were all at it and they're still at it. They were at it right there. Right. Yeah. That's cool. doesn't stop. Point being is that it, it can, that tension can actually really help make music. And I will cultivate that in a studio. If everybody gets comfortable, I'll start just going in and going like, why are we waiting? I want a track. I want a track like that. And I don't really feel that way. I'm just thinking that it might help, and it does for you sometimes. But I think in this, I think in our band apart, the the overriding thing was: this is a group of people who love each other. This is our band, and and the people around it, like that, that are a small sphere of people who who um, are in this in, in this inner kind of sanctum of third eye blind really love each other. We've been away from each other for a long time and it's just kind of the joy of getting back together and exploring and making something without preconceived notions is something that's, I hope that people can have that feeling. And when you see the documentary, this is just bringing back to this. I think that Chris really captured that in it and I want more people to see it, but comparison is the enemy of joy. We made it. And So I have to, there are times where I have to remind myself to, to be, to take, to just go, yeah, but you made it. And some people did see it and, and some people enjoyed it. So, and there's some people, it's not that they
0: didn't want to watch it. They may not know about it. Maybe right now, as you're watching or listening to our podcast right now, when this is done, go watch it. It's real, it's really well done. Again, I already told you my favorite parts, what I like in it. Okay. Okay so many of your songs that you have recorded over the years. There's 12 year olds and 72 year olds that know every line to every song. Does that surprise you that there's 15 year olds? They're like third eye blind is my jam in 2020, 2021. It did. It did. It
1: did surprise me. And now I'm, I'm grateful to it. Um, and I still don't understand it. Um, but it, there been there is there is some um, there's something that that we catch on to. I mean, we're we're an indie rock band. We always have been, and we got saddled with some hits.
0: And um, and it's not the first time a band who is an indie rock band or a punk band. I mean, Rancid they were a punk band, and what happened? They ended up super mainstream. AFI also from the Bay Area, by the way, uh, punk band. And look what happened in like 2000. Right, right. I love Rancid, by the way. So, and you know, I really love Tim Armstrong
1: and like yes. Um, <laughs> great what a songwriter. I'm not like a I'm not I'm not um, I'm not a starstruck kind of person. Um sent my way but like when I first met uh, Tim Armstrong I'm like I'm very happy to be meeting you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember where that was? Yeah, it was that um, it was at the K Rock. Oh, the Weenie Ac- Roast? Acoustic Christmas. Acoustic Christmas the yeah, winter show a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Recently.
1: Yeah, and he was sitting in with a band he produced, um, the Interrupters. The Interrupters, who, who I also really like. Yes, because I thought they are like their ska. Their ska is like that ska that I like. It's like it's not. I, I I hate that like frat boy shit, ska. Like I never liked that. Like we're a fun party band. Like I always wanted to have some. Um, I there's a niche edge kind of ska that I really loved that I thought they really got a hold of. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and that was uh, that was because of Tim. So what happened there was um, I asked um, one of the interrupters um, if they wanted to come sing with us. Uh, no, if they wanted to guest with us. And they said something was like, well, Tim Armstrong's guesting with us. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I want to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> so I came over. I <laughs> just walked into their dressing room. Yeah, and
0: uh, so... Okay, so, so you're this indie rock band that has a lot, a lot of hits, very, very catchy songs, and people that are, are discovering you. I mean, you can go on YouTube. I think a song that is underrated but still a hit, how's it going to be? I think if a 16-year-old going through something is going to hear that song and see that video and be like, who are these guys? What are their other songs? Mm. Well, there is some there's some kind of discovery that
1: happens, and I think that that's one of the, the really positive things about Spotify, actually. Um, you know... They get poo-pooed a lot um, for taking all the money. Um, there is that. But um, we'll probably play this summer. When we tour this summer, we'll, we'll probably play bigger audiences this summer than we've ever played. And it just. God dang. And, and that is because of, of discovery, of the virality of, of sharing stuff and, and people finding
0: it uh, from each other online. So, um, growing up, you mentioned a lot of surfing, you played the drums. Mm. Is, was music always the thing you wanted to do being a band?
1: Yeah, it was, but I also liked Jacques Cousteau. So I really liked, um, biology and, and I wanted to be a Marine biologist and that my parents could get behind, but, um, they were, I guess they were divorced by the time I was seven. And, um, so all
0: the kinds of chaos that comes with that—is um, that why the osteopath person maybe at seven there was that trauma, the divorce, and all that, and maybe that yeah, could be part of that. I think so.
1: Yeah, hmm. I think so.
0: My remedy, my way of holding everything
1: all together and keeping it in uh, an orbit and a rhythm, uh, was to play drums. So I would play drums four hours a day. Wow. And I—I don't—I just—I don't know any musicians really, really good musicians who had totally, um, functional, happy childhoods. They don't seem to go together. Um, some players, but, but most, most writers I think have to be, there has to be some thing that you, um, are trying to remedy or, or some, uh, question that you're, you're trying to answer somehow. Um, so, my means of doing that was drums, and and I became a professional musician by the time I was seventeen, um, from doing that. So, wow. but at the same time, uh, my parents expected me to. They were kind of intellectuals, and that's what they understood, and that's what they wanted for me. So, so I went to
0: college. It was at Berkeley. Yeah, that's a hard school to get into. Uh, <laughs> I mean. So you had to have done well in high school to get accepted to that university.
1: I think they made a mistake.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring out the window, just like everybody else. Yeah. Are you glad you went to college? Your parents are intellectuals. You're a creative guy. You're playing drums. Are you glad you went? Yeah. I
1: had a great time in college. I loved it. And I think um, I dropped out of biology pretty pretty quickly. How come? It's hard. Biology's hard. O-chem. Oh, Kim, really, you, you don't want to, you don't want to go up with all, like a lot of immigrant kids coming in there. whose parents came here, which is like, um, immigrants are the, are the absolute energy. Immigrants are why, always why, uh, what's great about America. And it's, the, it's the energy of it. So my, my great grandfather came over here from Wales uh, cuz he was the poorest kid mm. and he sent his kid to Yale like and he was like you know my great great my great grandfather was like a farmhand um and then homesteaded a ranch and it's that kind of energy of like that desperation for something better and it just continues to happen and it happens at Berkeley and those kids instead of being farmhands um are going to be biology majors and <laughs> we don't stand a fucking chance <laughs> So it's like, there's no way I'm going to like, you know, these like Indian kids and these Korean
0: kids are just, I'm going to get smoked. And I did. So he came out the other side. Doing and I was just writing okay. lyrics the
1: whole time. So I just went over and became an English lit ma- major. And,
0: oh, okay. Yeah. And so you're done with Berkeley. And mm. I always very, very interested in every artist I've met throughout my career on the weeks or months leading up to signing like a real record deal. Was it? Was there a lot of nerves? Did you know what you were doing? Was there like a? You had to go to an office and play a song in front of people. We were over it by that
1: point. What do you mean you were
0: over it? We had been like I had been working for so long
1: to make it, and this is why. Like like I don't know what it's like to be um, an up and coming artist now. Like uh, you know, using SoundCloud and everything. It's 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 a it's a different landscape, but it wasn't better. Back then when you had to get permission from Tommy Mottola to to rock. It just wasn't. It wasn't better that there were only... If you weren't on K-Rock, it, it wasn't going to happen for you, right? This tiny little gatekeepers doesn't make it better. And we were... Um, that started with getting a record deal because you just couldn't afford to go off and make um albums you couldn't afford the studio time the, the the gear wasn't available you couldn't go you know like mike skinner um made uh, the streets um made one of my favorite records ever he didn't even have an apple he made it on a, a dell like just huh. the worst possible computer with the worst possible junk sitting in his room and made a classic record you couldn't do that you had to get a record deal and you had to get this apparatus behind you and that apparatus had a agenda. And that agenda is quarterly profits. So what, what they wanted to do was suck the hit out of you and spit it out. There weren't going to, there wasn't going to be some kind of artist development in the nineties when, you know, uh, big corporations are owning, owning record companies. So the whole time they're trying to ameliorate risk. That's what a record company's trying to do for their money. So they're going to, they're going to get in there and you are going to you are going to lap dance them. You are going to um, to show your stuff. And I got into music because I didn't want to. I didn't fit into. Um, I didn't fit into school, and I didn't fit into the social thing. It's like all about being a misfit. I wasn't. Uh, I did it because I wanted to do things on my own terms. I wanted to. I wanted to make my world a product of me and not become um subject to it. I didn't want to be subject. I wanted to be the maker and shaper of my world. And here I am after all that time and and all this work now trying to fit into um Arista Records keyhole mm. to see if they could make money off me. Mm. And I had a hard time with that. Uh, by the, and and so we would you know you'd go in and you would do it someone would listen to you if you were lucky and or not listen to you and then you'd start up all over again and tr- it's all about trying to get that record deal. And um by the time we there was kind of a bidding war for us, I was just like, you're you're gonna say a bunch of niceties and you're gonna be charming to me. And like I'm just like oh God. You know, I just I, I don't know. I was just like I've had it. Like do you want to give us a record deal or not? That's kind of how right. I think. And so the song graduate, uh, was written in that process. Oh Uh, yeah. Can I graduate? Can I get my record deal? Can I have my piece of paper? You know, it was kind of like that. That's really, uh, it was the song graduate is, is, you know, can I hold my head up and look at you and actually be my real self? My real self is like, I'm not really your friend. I don't really know you. And I, and I'm, I'm, I don't actually feel your, I don't actually like your energy. I just want. I just want you to give me the resources so I can do what I want to do. That's the truth of it, but I can't be in the truth of it. I have to be this smarmy little hustler. This is what I've, this is what I, I have to be a whore to, to do this. And I feel like I'm getting fucked. Can I graduate? That's, that was kind of the mindset. So you asked me what it was like. It was like that, but it was also like, yay,
0: you know, right? maybe some sort of validation. Yeah. And then. Was semi charm Life, was... We how's it going to be? We
1: can't talk about it. Just can't, again. We're not going to talk about semi charm Life.
0: No, it's not about the song. Oh, okay. I have no questions about the okay, song. Okay, good. I'm just wondering, was it was it the band? Was it someone else that mm-hmm. said, hey, we're going to... This is going to be the single. We're going to send it to K-Rock and Live 105. And, like, how did that go down? It
1: did. And that's all anybody wanted to do, including Elektra. Um, No matter what anybody said, we were... Um, people weren't really interested in us um, or me. Um, They heard a catchy
0: tune in... Were they listening to the lyrics?
1: (laughs) I don't think so, because I was like, they're not going to play this on the radio, first of all. They won't play this on the radio. It's really, it's a filthy, dirty song. And I don't want this one to go on the radio first, because it's, it's certainly part of what we're about, but this is i don't want to be defined by um this like one single i'd like this song losing a whole year to be the first love that song that that was what i wanted um and i capitulated and then i wanted to i wanted to direct the video and i wanted to make it this kind of this run down world where things have lost their energy and was my whole idea we love the idea but we're going to get this guy to make the the record Mm. and and sort of behind my back, they go make a pop video. So we were constantly being shaped and molded into their idea of what would make money in the short term. Wow. Wow. Did you know that at the time? Did I know that? I knew that intuitively. I knew that. Yeah, I did. I think, um, but you want to make it and you want, you want the band to be, um, to be successful and have sure. opportunities, but but I wanted to I wanted to to put third eye blind out there in a way that I could recognize. So that's your brand, you know. Everyone talks about their brand, um, and we couldn't do that. So we were so we were shaped by, um, other people's choices, and I found that very difficult, um, and and something that I've had to to had to wrangle with for a long time.
0: Did you have a good time when things started going crazy successful for you? Was it fun? It's way more fun now. It is. Yeah. Why?
1: Well, I think I, well, first of all, the band's bigger um, than it was before. So this year is kind of a small year, but just on, like, forget radio. And, um, you know, we still have four five songs that are in rotation on alternative radio right now. So they that are right next to brand new released songs there. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, dust storms now being played on, um, uh, 91 X in, in San Diego added it, which I just, I don't know why I love that, but I, like, that's one of those stations that I kind of love. And, oh yeah.
0: And, um, the funeral singers on the album, but that's a different, we can get into that in a minute.
1: Good. Yeah. Um, anyway, those songs are still played, on, but besides that, just on just on Spotify, there's a there was 190 million listens God damn. last year. And then we'll have we'll go out and we'll play, and we'll play in bigger audiences next summer. And I'm gonna go down the street from your house down to the studio that I'm at um, in Hollywood today, and I'm gonna play with the band, and it's gonna be hilarious and we're going to have um this like we're going to
0: try ideas and um What do you mean you're going to go see the band and try ideas? This is rehearsal for the I'm going to sh- rehearse. Oh, going you really you're going we'll... to rehearsal after this. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. Nice. To, but
1: we're we're making a new album right now. We're just we're 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 just continuing to work and and Wait so, a minute, I'm just starting to get uh, absorb all these new songs. Yeah, but I was just like it's it's like let's have at it, right? Let's let's be alive in this moment and Let's uh, let's make music now, and let's just keep let's keep rolling forward if it moves us to do so, and it does. So, excuse me. So,
0: bless you. I don't know if that was a cough. Was uh, it? What was that? That was a sneeze. Oh, bless you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a um, weird sneeze. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway, so
1: so my point is is that is that these are the these are the golden days right now. Mm. Yeah, that's honestly how I feel about it. Good. That's cool, um, man. And um, I think that's also a very healthy mindset for musicians is is I I just, I don't see value in nostalgia. I think it's very important to be, to have a goal in the moment that you're in and cultivate your own vibrancy in this moment by being, um, you know, taking care of the machine, being healthy, but also being um, engaged um, with with what's going on right now sometimes i see people you know and they're just like dave matthews they're done that's it that's whatever that dave matthews record or so i'm just, whatever album right and that's they're set in that moment right and um i think um i think you gotta keep moving forward and keep keep expanding and being Being
0: open, nostalgic was very important during the pandemic. I think I I wanted something safe, something familiar all the time around me. So I rewatched shows I've seen three times. I listened to bands and songs that I had listened to a a million times over and over again. But as we get out of the pandemic, and I mean, I don't know if we are or not, but hearing yourself in such a successful band say, "No, we're not going to live off these uh, eight, uh, whatever, all these songs from all these albums. We're going to keep going." We're not settled based on the previous success. We're still growing. No, I'm not done at all. Good. Mm -mm. Good, man. No, not yet. Do you remember when Billy Idol jumped on stage with you at a weenie roast and saying graduate? Yeah, Yeah. graduate. Yeah, so I got in the studio, so I
1: produced him. Oh, that ended up coming to fruition then. Well, I think it was before. uh,
0: But I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. That had to be cool. You're we like, as you you're in this band, and then you got Billy Idol close to the peak of his power with all the songs. Who knows the songs that you guys created?
1: Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like. I liked. I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah. As you look back on uh, your career and your life, is anything you would change? You would keep it the same? I don't know. I I, I don't usually engage in those kinds of questions.
1: I think what's important um, for me as an artist and for for people in general is is wake up in the morning and refine your purpose. And that purpose has to have, it has to be honorable. And, and then you got to have the energy to, to go after that purpose. And, um, and then you got to take the steps, just go make those steps to get one of those little starts. For me, it starts with making the bed, got to make your bed. And, none of that is about what you'd change because what you'd like you know go back and do differently that all just sounds kind of like self-recrimination and and those things are gonna slip into you, into your you're gonna have that no matter what you're gonna think back on things that you ah oh, you wish you'd said or done or you know people you wish that you were more loving to or any of those those kinds of things um it's gonna happen and I think that, what's if there's some amends that you need to make sure you know if if there's like if there's something you need to really reach back to if there's somebody uh including your childhood self for example that was talking about about like you know healing my liver um okay that's good but other than that it's really about the goal of what are we going to do now this being the case what what is the best course of action forward because it's all forward Right, good. She's so, I'm just really curious. I meant it when I said um, thank you for listening to my album and thank you for uh, liking it. Yeah, I um, I have. I usually don't listen to my music at all, uh, and I know a lot of artists who do that. Um, but I've listened to um, our band apart a few times in the car, and it's one of the few times where listening to my own music I don't feel. Um, like I want to pick it apart, like, ah, the hi-hat's too bright or, you know, um, I shouldn't have doubled those guitars. (laughs) Some, some things, which I usually, which I usually do. Um, so, so I feel really good about this album and I'm just curious, like, were there
0: songs on it that you like, like funeral singers, funeral singers, funeral singers, Oh my God, I love it. And I also love the very first song on the record. It just sounds like a very authentic, real record, and it sounds
1: like you. Uh, goodbye to the days of Ladies and Gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I also like Dust Storm, too. Dust Storm, I told you, was the last song recorded on the album, and uh, it's that's kind of my favorite song on the album because it, I think it is really how, to me, that's like, what the pandemic and the lockdown was in terms of the relationships um and the and the pressure and the friction um that it put on um relationships, but also like the opportunities that we had to really, really value each other and really care about each other. So like um he, there's a moment and you probably had did you have this moment where you're like, we're we need to like we need to band together right now because we're what we've got and we need to rely on each other and we need to be partners right now in this. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It is terrifying to go to a grocery store. Yes. Did you have that sense? Uh, oh
0: a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: So like how we hold each other, how we care about each other right now is now has this real, real value. Um uh that we I'm sure it always has, but that we perhaps had taken for granted before it's now held into relief and i got as close to to evoking that as as i could on that album so uh, yeah so that that album will,
0: that song is going to get played live yeah. good good well listen man i'm super grateful that you came over and you shared so much and i got to learn so much about you how you tick and the music and the new album again. i even took my
1: glasses off eventually
0: i know yeah. and we got Two coffees yeah. for you. The guy is totally wired. Now you're going to go to rehearsal. I've ruined your vocal cords for the day because we've talked so much. How the hell yeah. are you going to go sing? Going to just go sing like a... Just going to go do it.
1: Um, yeah. Abs- I invite everybody to get absolutely jacked on coffee. It's my favorite drug. But, only, but sleep hygiene is very important. So, you know, cut off What times. does sleep
0: hygiene mean?
1: About just getting eight hours or so? The half-life of coffee, a half-life of uh, of caffeine uh, is like 11 hours. So, so, you know, by midnight tonight... Um, what time do you go to bed? I try to go to bed really early. Uh, I like to go to bed by like 11. And I usually don't get to sleep till midnight. Because um, either way, I wake up at 7. So, yeah, I like to... And I, I try to just do everything I can to get like to maximize sleep. Okay. Um, And so you can, I think that, I think coffee's really good for you. I think it's a great drug and probably shouldn't have, have it after, after 12 noon.
0: Okay. That's my Well, it's past 12 noon now and you're having it. So you're going to be up, you're going to rehearse, you're going to be wired, you're going to do good. I'm a Um, rebel. Our band, Apart, that is the new album, Third Eye Blind, Stephen Jenkins. We will see you on the road. The tour is going to be big and thanks so much for coming over, man.
1: Great to be here in the presence of the mighty
0: eagle. Can't believe he came to my house. Tuna That's the, I just kicked his foot by accident. That's Stephen Jenkins. I am Ted Stryker. Thanks for watching, everybody. Happy snuggles. See you later. Good times. That was great. Good. That's
1: another episode of Stryker's Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely.
0: For sure. <laughs> Maybe. That was very fun with Steven. It felt a little bit tense towards the end. You guys made it through another episode. So there's one more tuna on toast to close out the year 2021. One episode after another. You get every single Tuesday. Thanks for the support. Happy holidays. Stay safe out there. Have a great day and night, and we will see you on the next one. It is Ted Stryker. Happy snuggles. Bye-bye.